0: forgiveness is like an onion you're not going to experience ultimate forgiveness the first time it's going to take a few passes you you kind of forgive and then you take off some of the layers you get them down to a seven new memories come up and you're like okay so i got more layers this is a marathon it's not a sprint it's going to take it's going to take it's going to
1: take a minute well hi everyone and happy new year this is diane gilman formerly known as the queen of jeans but now the proud host of my podcast too young to be old and today we have got an incredible guest and i'm going to say she's incredible because she asks that seminal question in our lives who do you have in your life who thinks You think they did something unforgivable, and you can never forgive them. Well, almost everybody who would raise their hand and say, yeah, I do, or maybe more than one. And do you know what Catherine Giovanni says? That's okay. Some people and some things just are unforgivable. I'm always used to having people say to me, oh, you've got to forgive them. You've got to find a way. Catherine Giovanni wrote a book called The Ultimate Path to Forgiveness, Unlocking Your Power. But here she is. And Catherine says, you know what? Some people are just bad to the bone and you (laughs) don't have to forgive them. Catherine, welcome. What a great topic for the new year. Thank you so
0: much for having me on your show, Diane. I appreciate it.
1: A pleasure. Now, one of the reasons why I wanted you on my show, because after all, when you have your own podcast, you can really choose your subject matter. And I tend to always want to choose what I'm most passionate about. Um, I had a very, very difficult childhood, sincerely. And I left home and didn't come back for 35 years until the day of my father's funeral. And I could never forgive him. No matter how hard I've tried, no matter how deep I've gone into all the occurrences, all the events, I've always come out of it saying, I can't, I no. can't forgive that man for what he did to me as a child. And you are the first person who said, yeah, that's okay. It is okay. It sounds like what he did was unforgivable. Okay. How did you come to this point of view? What happened in your life? that made you start rating Forgivability, because I love your rating system, 1 to 10. He was like, my father was really an 11 or a 12. Um, and how did you come to writing this book? So what, was, what, what built up to this? I, too, was raised
0: in a dysfunctional family filled with alcoholism and all sorts of yucky stuff. And I was a very angry teenager and an angry person. And I was just kind of walking around inside my anger. And life kind of went on until my mother died in uh, 1990 and my self talk was negative i really was looking through the world through these dark glasses because i it was that poor me syndrome but i would wear the i would wear it like a badge of honor i'm a survivor i got through this but uh-huh. i couldn't forgive them i forgave a few people but then my mother died and my world kind of stopped cuz my mother and i were kind of friends And we became friends the last three years of her life because she finally sobered up and we became friends and then she died of breast cancer. And I was kind of devastated because I only had three years with her. So I was kind of pissed. And my brain snapped and I thought, I can't live like this anymore. So I started to forgive people. And I I am a concierge trainer by trade. I retired from it last year, but I used to teach people how to be a concierge and offer five-star service workshops all over the world. And I can't teach you how to be nice to people if you're angry inside because the anger (laughs) is going to bleed through your body language, whether you want to or not. And back in those days, in the early 2000s, you didn't put a soft topic on that to business workshops. It wasn't done. Nobody put soft topics on. But I did because I couldn't, I can't teach you to be nice if you're angry inside. And then I learned, as the years went on, I got breast cancer, and I had to get myself through that. And I started to forgive things. I started to forgive the cancer. I forgave the chemo. I forgave the cancer itself. I forgave my childhood home. I started to think, well, I can forgive more things than just people, because forget the unforgivable. My parents, like yours, they were tens. They were Right at the end. So I started to think about what can I forgive? So I forgave the girl in high high school who stained my sweater. I forgave 1974. Why did I forgive 1974? Because it was a horrible year. My parents got divorced and I was getting bullied every day in school and I tried to commit suicide. And So I thought I forgave all the players in 74. So I decided it just was a horrible year. I'm just going to forgive the whole darn year. So I forgave 1974. And then I learned. Oh, go ahead. No, but then I learned that, and this was only kind of recently in the last couple of years, I thought, well, there are levels of forgiveness. So there are the levels like a one or two or three that you're easy to forgive, like really easy. It's the person in your office who just, you know, you tripped or stained your sweater or spilt your coffee. Really easy people. Then you've got the fours, five, sixes, sevens who are, okay, they're playing with your head. They're kind of living in your head. You think you can forgive them. You might need to do some mental gymnastics to get yourself to forgive them, but yeah, I can kind of do it. And then you've got the eights, nines, and the tens they're hard. They're super hard. The tens are unforgivable. These are the people who like your parents did something unforgivable that you just can't forgive. Well, you, I don't, gotta tell have you, you my, don't have to, you uh, don't
1: have to. The whole thing was sort of settled for me because honestly, I showed up at my father's funeral out of respect and to try and at least make an attempt to reconnect with my family. And my mother said to me, part of the way into the funeral, and she hadn't seen me in 35 years, I will never forgive you.
0: And I thought,
1: okay, (laughs) well, uh, that settles that. And I remember spending the next year and a half, she passed a year and a half later, um, driving like a maniac from New York City up to Northern Maine every friday night to try and spend a day and a half with her and mend everything and she would sit at the opposite end of the car with her back to me looking out the window and looking miserable and finally one day i just said to her look i don't want to play this game anymore if you don't want me in your life then let's be upfront about it but remember You are almost 95 years old. We have very little time left with one another. Shouldn't we try to make the most out of it? And the answer was, no, I'll never forgive you. And I thought, well, okay, got that one settled. So I think it's um, it was always the same thing for me that you described. As a teenager, I was an angry teenager. I probably had a a miasma of red, angry energy around me. Now, I was lucky enough to be somebody who could use that as fuel to drive me. Yep, I did too. Yeah. But many people do not and instead use drugs and alcohol to calm it down which i think just creates a billion other problems well anger is toxic let me give
0: you a a visual example let's pretend this is anger okay somebody made you somebody made you angry in your childhood okay i can hold it off to the side real easy when it first starts because it's easy and i look at me i can still conduct my life i can still talk to people i'm still living my life but I'm gonna hold on to this anger because whatever they did, really, it was horrible. So, and it, maybe it's a 10, but now I'm filling it with more anger. I'm On my 10 scale, I'm filling it with anything from one to 10 and they're all going into this little, little jar of anger. So it's getting heavy now. And at some point, I'm gonna to have to go like this. And then at some point, it's gonna get so hang- heavy, I have to use both my arms to hold it up. Now look at my body language. I'm not seeing my 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 significant other, my dream spouse. I'm not seeing that new job. I'm not seeing any financial opportunities at all. Because all I'm concentrating on is the anger within the glass. So to move the anger back here and eventually down, you start forgiving the easy ones, and then you move your way up to the hard ones.
1: You know, I, I read a report that said, and I read it years ago, and I doubt that it's changed much, that said that the majority, and by that I mean something really high up there, like 87 to 88% of children like you or I that come out of a highly dysfunctional, perhaps slightly violent, both towards right. your mind and your physical being, um, 87% wind up being alcoholics, drug addicts, or attempting suicide and i remember reading that and thinking damn that is not gonna be me so i fueled myself with all that red energy kind of anger and people recognized it and scared a lot of people off but at the same time i was lucky enough to be able to use that to propel myself and at a certain point when i got breast cancer i'm 78 now i got it when i was 72. you know what Catherine? i had to forgive myself because yep, that's big the big one isn't it Surgeon said to me diane you have flooded your system with hormones you know the thought of replacement hormone replacement is only supposed to be for like three or four years you've done it for 30 years you flooded your system with hormones. You gave yourself cancer. And I thought, oh my God, I'm going to have to forgive myself. But you know what? That's the big one I forgiving did. yourself. I, I did. I just said, I can't pile all of that onto everything else I have to deal with right I'm now. I'm so Give happy for like you. Hemo. I, I got, no, I, that was just like, yeah, I clocked to it it's my fault. And so now what? So now let's just get down to the business of dealing with it and helping the doctors get rid of it. Yeah. That was not the difficult one. The one with my um, parents was almost insurmountable
0: it took me a long time to forgive my parents and i was one of those teens i literally, i really did try to commit suicide in the 8th grade and it didn't work cuz i called a friend of mine because in my head i i was i kept hearing call call vivian call vivian call vivian so i did and she talked me out of it um, but after that happened i decided to be a lighthouse and show my family how to do it right and I thought as a teen <laughs> this works as an adult. It works really bad if you're a kid. I thought if I do everything the opposite of what my my family's doing, I'll be fine. Now, uh-huh. that was right. But when you're a kid, it doesn't work for you because your parents don't want that. So I turned I kind of turned into a rebel. <laughs> But, you know, it, as the years went on, I have tried to take the high road. When they went low, I went high. And you know, I, I was uh, able to forgive my parents. This is how I did it. And it took years. And I'm not particularly religious, but there is a passage in the Bible when Jesus is strung up on the cross and he says, forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. And I can, for- I can forgive somebody if they're in the second grade and they don't know calculus. They haven't been taught it yet. I can forgive that. And I realized that my parents did the best they could with the tools they had at the time. Was it good enough? Absolutely not. But they did the best they could. And at the end of the day, that's how I got to forgive my parents. And I went from, they went from tens. That's how I got them from a 10 down to like a seven. And once they got to a seven, then, you know, Forgiveness is like an onion. You're not going to experience ultimate forgiveness the first time. It's going to take a few passes. You you kind of forgive and then you take off some of the layers. You get them down to a seven, new memories come up and you're like, "Okay, so I got more layers. This is a marathon, it's not a sprint.
1: It's going to take it's going to take it's going to take a minute." So, how did you form your forgiveness journey because I know that for me, as a kid, there was none of this lingo uh, roaming around in the ethers, forgiveness, unforgiveness. I mean, I think that the attitude of my entire family was, you're a child, you are the property of adults, and adults yeah. can do whatever the adults decide to do, no matter how insane it is, that's the right thing to do, because they're adults. And I, like you became the rebel in the family, the wild child. And all I was really trying to do
0: Yay, was- sister, get, that's
1: me. Yeah, <laughs> the freedom I wanted to right? be a fashion designer and live in New York and, you know, be a success and take care of myself. But because it was not the vision of the adults, um, it was considered- terrible choices so forgiving the unforgivable and the act of forgiveness itself right let's talk about that how do you forgive how do i do it okay yeah your family and the alcoholism Um, and everything that went along with it and
0: well you don't have to burn incense you don't need crystals you don't have to Ah, dance ah, around ah. on one leg and you don't have to dance around on one leg and hop around your bedroom it's and not a shaman
1: coming. no, nope, you don't need a shaman. House, right? It is
0: not Alcoholics Anonymous. You don't have to reach out to these people. There's a lot of listeners out there that are breathing a sigh of relief right now as I just said that. You don't. This forgiveness is selfish, it's personal. You don't even have to tell the person you're doing it. And what I did is, and I only want you to do 10 people at a time, because if you do more than 10 people, you're going to, you might make yourself sick because the anger has to leave your body. And it's going to leave your body. I usually do it at night before I go to bed. And I, forg- I when I first did it, I f- must have forgiven 30, 40 people. I just sat there and forgave. And I spent the next two days in bed with, to put it delicately, the stomach flu, shall we say. And everybody thought I, def- I didn't. My body had to get rid of the anger. And it was the only way it knew how to do it. Wow, well, so, it's like
1: detoxing.
0: Really. Yeah, it's very toxic. So. Yeah. When I first did forgiveness, the first person I forgave was a childhood friend of mine. And I couldn't even remember why that I needed, what, what happened to us. So I sat in my bed and I said, I forgive you. And I had a little mantra that I say that I have in the book and it's real easy. And once I, once I forgave the person, I forgot about it. <sighs> I hadn't spoken to this person in 30 years. Two hours later, this is a true story, Two hours later, she calls me up on the phone, and I was shocked out of my mind, and because I'm a very curious little bear, I said, you know, I love the fact that you're calling me, but why, on this particular day, did you decide to call me? She said it was the strangest thing, a a, a figurine you gave me way back in high school that I had an, on a shelf flew into the middle of my room about two hours ago, and I figured I should call you.
1: That's wow. exactly
0: That's what I was saying. I forgive her. So if the energy can make that happen, we were 700 miles apart for a level one person. Imagine what it can do when you get up into the higher numbers. Forgiveness is going to allow money to flow into your life. It's going to give you your health back. It's going to allow you to put down the glass so you can see things again. So 10 at a time and I, I'm in the book. I have some worksheets in there, and you write down everybody you can think of. And I want you to write down people, places, or things. I want you to write down your childhood home. I want you to write down cancer and chemo and the doctors. I want you to forgive yourself, and I want you to forgive the energy around all these things. That's the secret sauce. The reason people don't stay forgiveness because they have so many people die on the say. Oh well, Catherine, I have forgiven them. Yeah, you did. But did you forgive the energy around them? No, you probably didn't. So the mantra is, I forgive you. I forgive the energy around you. I forgive me. I forgive the energy around me. And all is well as the world. I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember it exactly. Um, But that's the secret sauce is you're forgiving the energy. And that's when you can go on Facebook or social media and see that person's name and it doesn't zing your brain. That's when you know you've reached forgiveness. If you do, if, if it still zings your brain, well, you're going to have to make another pass. So wait a second and wait like 24 hours and do it again. Eventually, you'll get these people down to a level like a one, two, or three where you can forgive them. But that's you know, the secret sauce. It's the energy.
1: I think that I came to a point in my life, especially after... Breast cancer. I don't know yeah. about you, but I went into that dark tunnel as one person too. and I came out as another. Breast and cancer so, was it, the
0: best thing that ever happened to me. And people yeah. would get very strange when I say that. And it's like, no, you don't understand. When you have dinner with the Grim Reaper and you don't go home with the guy, it changes you. And you realize aging doesn't bother you anymore. And you realize you're here for a reason. There's a reason Purpose. why I didn't die. Yeah. I had stage three and I could me have too. died, but. I didn't. And I'm still here. And I figure you and I are still here for a reason. We're here for a reason. So, you know, these things, little things don't bother me
1: anymore. But I wanted to create an aura around me. And I'm not going to use the word forgiveness because that didn't come to mind, but talking to you, it really was. I wanted to create an aura where I was all about kindness and acceptance and helping others and and truly that became my legacy and my purpose, and that is completely intertwined with forgiveness so I have um, it's a feeling a forgiveness is a feeling you people say tell say the
0: words I forgive you sure but I tell people to put your hand in your heart because it's the feeling that's really the power there. So you were forgiving people, but you were doing it through feeling, which is exactly right. It's perfect.
1: But at a certain point, I thought to myself that my life was no longer as satisfying as it once been. And, and you know, that when you come out of that tunnel of breast cancer or whatever life Right, affirming disease you are able to deal with, that you turn around and say to yourself, is this all there is? And you you don't want your life filled with toxic anger anymore. And forgiveness is a huge part of it. And it's very interesting to me because I walked away from my business and I had purpose and I said, I will definitely be doing something else, but it's going to be something more philanthropic, something with less anger, less tension, less toxicity attached to it. And that has a much purer and higher purpose. And oh my God, I feel so free. Wow.
0: Because you tossed all the anger and now you feel physically lighter. People, look at, they, people have said to me, why do I feel lighter? They, they can feel it coming off their shoulders because you are. That's the anger coming off.
1: And anger to me, there was so much anger in the business that I had when I was diagnosed that I honestly blamed some of the people. In that yeah. business with aiding and abetting yeah. my getting the cancer. And I felt afterwards, you know, you go through that whole shock of, oh, my God, stage three cancer. And what am I going to do? And I'm terrified. Yep. Of and da, da, da. You go through it all. And when I came out the other end, certain people in the business, I could... Forgive for multiple reasons because they were actually really amazing human beings that just couldn't contain their greed or always felt they had to step on someone to get one rung up the ladder. And I so I think that part of forgiveness is understanding and accepting whoever you're angry at that person's weaknesses, not making excuses for them, just saying, okay, someone born into abject poverty, who's now multi-multi-millionaire, he didn't get there by being a nice guy, but he is an incredible human being, and I was one of the rungs on the ladder for him. And so, you know, the forgiveness is there balanced by who that person is and what's they went through. And then some people, Catherine, is just screw it. They are bad to the bone through and through, and they're never going to realize their, their faults or what they're doing. They're nines and tens, and you just kind of. Or you, just, you yes. just have to get away from it. You just have to get away from it. if you walk lucky, away. Like me, you will get into a situation where you're the boss again and yeah. you the boss and i would say this that forgiveness and the whole trail of forgiveness is choosing your journey path that's in right life. and at any point in your life you can change that path or carve out a new road yeah. but you know now my biggest um my biggest anger is with You know, sometimes I get really frustrated being 78. I can't walk as fast as I once could. I can't jog. I can't do this. I can't do that. I drop things a little more often and I get very angry at myself. And then I say, okay, Diane, be realistic. You can't be angry at life for giving you all these beautiful moments. You just got to learn to deal with it. So, what would you say is the one huge idea in your book for repurposing your life away from internal anger and rage and going for something far more life-giving and and ethereal and actually soul-satisfying? What would be your big idea in the book? I think to understand
0: anger. Every, what happens when we're angry? We think, we think, when we get angry, we think it goes out into the world and it dissipates and goes up to the clouds. We all think that, and it leaves. But it doesn't. It does not. It hangs around in your energy field. And hurts a and, lot of
1: people around you, possibly. And
0: the more it's- anger, and Einstein said, energy is neither created nor destroyed, it just changes forms. So you've got all this anger energy all around yourself, Your, or you can call it anything you like. So to first understand that you are literally a walking snowball of anger, and To be able to forgive that energy so it allow it to dissipate, to be able to forgive people, to be able to forgive things. Like 1974. And my friend of mine forgave a little red wagon. She just came, she was writing her list and she just randomly wrote down Little Red Wagon. She had no idea why she wrote it down. She had no idea what the Red Wagon did. But obviously it was from her childhood and she needed to forgive the darn thing. So she did. You know, and it's a it's it's a feeling. And the crazy thing is. The more people you forgive, the, more be- the better your life is gonna get. My business started to increase. The money started to increase. The opportunities started to increase. My health came back. I wasn't getting the flu and sick, and every Tom, Dick and Harry germ that walked down. So forgiveness is freeing. But the biggest message in the book is probably, if they are at number 10 and they are unforgivable, you don't have to forgive them. You can forgive yourself. You can forgive the energy. You can forgive the situation. You can forgive the town, the building, the chair, wherever you are. But the actual person, if it, if they're a 10, you don't have to forgive them. Someday well, down the road, can you circle back like I did and forgive your parents? Yes. Some yeah. people can. But do you have to? No.
1: You do not. You know, when I was a teenager, a late teenager, I think I was about 18 and a half, 19. And the conflicts between my mother and father and I, they were sort of united uh, at not approving of anything I did. And I desperately wanted to, although I didn't believe I could, but I wanted to try and save some semblance of family. So I went to a psychologist and I kind of explained my situation and he said, well, let's call your parents and try and get them in for group counseling. And I thought, oh yeah, good luck on that one. And I was kind of terrified to do it, but he said, no, no, no. So I call my home. I get my father on the phone And I said, I just want you to talk to this doctor for a minute. And the psychologist said, da-da-da, and Diane would like to try and get to the roots of all of your dissatisfactions. And my father just said, basically, go F yourself. We have never done anything wrong in our entire lives, and we're certainly not coming in for this, and we're not crazy. And hung up the phone. And I mean, that to me, just sort of summed it up. And the psychologist turned around to me and said, I have one piece of advice for you. Run away from these people as fast as you can. And so you, Catherine Giovanni, and that psychologist, you're the only two people in my life who said, you know what? Some situations are simply not culpable. No, they're Let not. They're too, they're them too dark. Go. Let them go. Walk away. Forgive yourself, forgive the energy, and then walk away. How do you do that when you're from a family that constantly presses you to come back into the family again? But you know that getting back into the family is so toxic and unproductive for you. What is your advice to anybody out there that carries around a lot of guilt for not being closer to their parents or a lot of guilt for what they feel they should have made more of an effort just as a closing remark what would you say I'd say it's okay it's okay you can be yourself you can
0: be free and it's okay you forgive who you can write your list of 1 to 10 start at, start with the ones and understand that certain situations are toxic now, if you live with this person, you might have to forgive them every day
1: <laughs> or, you know, if you or can't not live with them anymore, or
0: if, or my uh, Diana and I are both telling you, you might want to consider leaving, but if you're <laughs> stuck and you can't leave, then forgive them your every day. And at the very least, you're going to get better. You're going to get happier. And that might irritate the heck out of them, which would be a yeah. little side entertainment for you because yeah. the happier you get, the <laughs> more irritated they're going to get. So little little entertainment for you because then you'll know it's working but it's it, it, sometimes this is it's like cancer you know it's it's a minute by minute choice to stay positive when you're when you're sick it's a, yeah. it's not a day to day sometimes i had to take it second by second to keep myself positive and keep myself going forward and forgiveness and anger is the same way sometimes you just have to take it in in sound bites You know, you have to take it in little pieces. Don't take the whole chunk. Don't go right to the number 10s. You'll fail. Start with the easy ones and take things in chunks.
1: You know, the interesting thing is when, and this is, I'm just kind of rounding up to the end of the podcast, but when you and I had our introductory call and you said I was a lighthouse and had a positive light to shine out there into the universe. And I thank you so much for that. That really meant a lot to me. But I remember as a youth, everybody being very scared of me. Because I was always so angry. And somebody who was a psychic once described me as this big red ball of fire. And, and, you know, if you got too close, you got singed or burnt. And then all these years later, to have someone describe me as a lighthouse with a pure light that could help a lot of people tells you that somehow... I have, in my own way, mastered the art of forgiveness. And so, everybody, I want to say again, Catherine Giovanni, this is an incredible bit of subject matter. Her book, The Ultimate Path to Forgiveness, Unlocking Your Power, it's a real deal. Catherine, thank you so much for being on Too Young to Be Old. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Too Young to Be Old podcast. The episode may be over, but the fun doesn't have to stop here. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at The Diane Gilman, or visit our website, thedianegilman.com. If you like the show, leave us a rating or a review, and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And until then, don't forget... Age is just a number. Together, we'll prove that we are all too young to be old.